Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, a CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Team. Thanks for listening in. Um, well, we've been through quite a lot of turmoil since the last time I talked to you. Uh, we had record high inflation numbers come in, uh, over 8% on the CPI uh, numbers or consumer price index, and over 6% on the core rate. That's inflation that excludes food and energy because those components can be pretty volatile. Um, once that happened, we saw the market sell off by about 10% in general uh, across the board, leading to the Fed uh, raising rates or raising the Fed funds rate by 75 basis points uh, yesterday, uh, causing continued concerns within the markets. In general, the, the, the negative way to look at things, because uh, while I can talk a bull case, of course I can talk a bear case as well, is that the Fed has been giving, in essence, uh, lots of liquidity to the markets for a long period of time. There's lots of companies that were able to take advantage of that liquidity and were able to grow by um, issuing debt or by issuing more shares and things of that nature. And now that funding window is closed. Now uh, rates are going up. And as that happens, there are going to be companies that were used to, to issuing debt, used to issuing stock in order to grow, that won't be able to do that anymore. Uh, in essence, it's the Fed taking the punch bowl away uh, and, and people being worried that that will not only slow down the economy, but um, drive us into recession and then create an environment within the stock market where earnings estimates for next year are too high. Um, what I should highlight here is we're seeing a variety of very extreme readings in general. Um, small cap companies have underperformed larger cap companies um, by the largest amount in over 20 years. Uh, growth names have underperformed value by the largest amount in over 20 years. Hedge fund allocations um, in terms of exposure is down to the lowest levels that it's seen since 2009. Um, so certainly people have really pulled their horns in on that. And sentiment levels reflect that as well. We're seeing sentiment um, levels, the lowest that they've been in 35 to 40 years. So a lot of negativity that's built up in the market. And the market is still going down. It's still uh, moving downward. In essence, it's still compressing valuations. And those valuations compress uh, because people don't know what to expect for the future. People don't know how long this inflation will last. People don't know what wh where it will end up. Um, and so we'll, we'll get to that and, and, and how this ends and, and what's going to happen on that side. Structurally, we are quite sound. Um, household debt service levels are uh, near their lowest levels in 35 to 40 years. So uh, in essence, consumers aren't over levered um, in, in terms of their housing payments and things of that nature. Household cash is higher than household debt um, for the first time in decades. Um, again, showing that, that the average consumer is in, in a pretty good position. And then money center banks in general are are not levered nearly as much as they were going into 08 or 09. Some people would say that they're actually under-levered. So we don't have that sort of colossal financial collapse worry that we had back in 08 and 09. But we do have just worries in general about how much the Fed is going to increase rates in order to tamper down inflation. And in essence, the Fed is now raising rates into a slowing economy. Um, you could see the slowing economy in, in a variety of ways. Uh, many retailers reported that inventories were too high uh, within their system. Walmart, Target, Ross Stores, uh, just to name a few, uh, all had inventories higher than levels that they, they were expecting. Um, we've seen uh, manufacturing begin to slow within the United States. Um, so certainly that's an indication. We started to see more layoffs 
uh, layoff announcements, particularly over the last month. So we are starting to see a movement down there. And then, of course, in housing, uh, today we saw building permits and housing starts both come in below consensus estimates. Um, and, and the reason they're coming in is because mortgage rates are going up. We've seen mortgage rates now go from 3.1% on a 30-year fixed mortgage to start the year up to anywhere between about 58 and 6% today. So a doubling of mortgage rates, um, certainly that'll price certain people out of the market um, when it comes to buying houses. So where does this all end? I mean, how long will this pain last? In essence, you're waiting to see uh, inflation numbers come in and they haven't come in yet. In fact, we're still seeing the price of gas, as I'm sure you see at the pump, continue to go up and up. We're still seeing food pricing go up and up, but we are starting to see some areas uh, of the inflation figure come down. Uh, automobiles is, is one example of it, um, where we're starting to see some normalization of the automobile uh, markets or the automobile industry. That should help used car prices, which are up 60% over the last two years, uh, start to come in. Um, so we do have that, that kind of wild variation. That was, I, I'm not sure if you heard me correctly, but 60% over the last two years is how much used auto prices come up. So as the supply chain normalizes, that should help things like that and help tamper down inflation in industries like that. And we should start to see that. We should start to see the supply chain normalize, mostly because we're, we're seeing the, the pandemic start to fizzle out. We've just been through another uh, strain within the Northeast, uh, another bump up in terms of, of COVID cases that went up and came back down again. Each successive strain that we've seen has been less disruptive than the last one. And we're seeing that not just in the U.S., but you're starting to see this around the world. Um, you know, we just stopped uh, making people, as an example, uh, test for when they travel internationally in order to get back into the U.S., um, that will open up a lot of people wanting to go travel internationally. But regardless, as the pandemic fizzles out, that should improve the supply chain and that should improve inflation. Uh, the other area, of course, would be be the war. Um, if if we were to reach some sort of ceasefire or an end to the war in Ukraine, um, I think that you would see deflation a year from today as food and energy costs would come in. There's a lot of grain and a lot of energy that comes out of Russia and Ukraine and the surrounding areas that that would be freed up. And in essence, that would help bring food inflation down. It would help bring down uh, the inflation that we're seeing and uh, at the pump and in energy and, and things of that nature. So um, these are a lot of things to hope for. I know um, I will tell you that the reason that we always stay optimistic for the long run is that the trends that are underneath the actual fundamentals of the companies. Uh, that we follow continue to be quite good. Um, the, the vast majority of companies that we analyze have been beating estimates and raising numbers. And the reason they're able to do so, and, and, and I should, as an aside, say most of these are digitalization trends that are making things better, cheaper, and faster. And the reason they continue in our minds is that, um, that the creative destruction process or the movement to more efficient ways of doing things to higher levels of productivity and, and those kinds of things continue because they're cheaper, because they're faster. Uh, if you look back in the 80s and 90s an example, as an example, companies like Microsoft and Home Depot and Coca-Cola, Johnson Johnson, were all down 50% uh, or so during the 87 crash, but you didn't wanna sell them because they were providing better, cheaper, faster ways of doing things. 
We see something, something similar today. While people aren't focused on fundamentals and they're much more focused on macro issues, which are compressing valuation, valuations, we feel longer term that the digitalization trends that are driving uh, better business models, uh, better, cheaper, faster ways of, of living or doing business will continue on for the long run. So while it's extremely painful to watch so many of these indices down 20, 30, 40% from their peaks, historically, the market has has always moved in an upward direction. So it will, we'll be living out um, what we have to deal with here. Um, I, I don't know when it ends exactly. Most likely when we start to see lower inflation numbers, hopefully we'll be seeing that by the end of the summer and the markets can get more, more constructive. For now, we remain in, in, a, in a bear market that's um, really just compressing all kinds of names. It doesn't really matter where you are, whether you're in reopening names or cyclical names or even value names at this point or have been getting getting hurt the same way. So it's a tough market, um, but we've lived through a lot. I've been in this business now for 30 years. I've been an investor in the equity markets for 40 years. Uh, this is one of the worst markets that we've been in, but we'll get to the other side. I, I remember when we were talking to a guest um, just a, a few weeks ago, um, she was talking about it, not you know that these things don't last forever. And they don't, even if you go back to 08 and 09, which was a much worse scenario uh, than we're looking at today. Uh, in terms of the financial structure of, of our entire economy uh, being under threat, um, that that whole period only took about 15 months before it turned around. So hopefully it won't be too much longer. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to be more bullish and more excited about where the markets are headed in the near future. And, uh, you know, I appreciate everyone listening in and, and uh, taking the time to listen to our podcast. Thanks and have a great day. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. 
Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.